0: All right, as as Josh uh, said, I'm going to be uh, teaching this morning on um, a little bit on the prophetic, and and after uh, going through the first part of our meeting this morning, it's like, why am I teaching on this? I'm just watching it happen in front of me. You know, it's like, oh, well, maybe we don't need this teaching, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, say that again. What? <laughs> Yes, we do. <laughs> Some of us do, including me, in fact, while putting this uh, this teaching together, uh, I actually learned quite a bit. Uh, uh, things that I kind of knew in the back of my head, but I hadn't quite put it together and let it gel. So uh, what I'm going to talk on this morning is actually going to cover prophecy and tongues and interpretation. Um, I know that... Uh, Pastor Josh has spoken on tongues before, and I'm not going to cover uh, the same ground. But we are going to cover uh, tongues and interpretation. And we're doing that with prophecy uh, because in practice, in the meeting, they all kind of seem to flow together. You know, uh, somebody will speak out in a tongue. There will be an interpretation that is quite often prophetic. And it's like, okay, so where are... What's the difference between these, and are they all actually one and the same thing? Uh, but I'll say they're, they're similar, but they're not the same. Same thing, but different. So, uh, let's start with prophecy. Uh, we've read this scripture many times as we've been through this series, but 1 Corinthians 12 is where we're going to start out. Um, I will be reading from the uh, English uh standard version, the ESV. Um, many of you probably don't have that. I'm pretty sure you can figure out the scripture in, your, in the version that you're reading as we go along. Um, but First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, uh, well actually the section is 4 through 11, but I'm not going to read the whole thing because we've read it many times. Let's just jump straight to verse 10. To another, speaking of the Holy Spirit giving out gifts. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Take note that that is two different things, and we'll get back to that later. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Okay, so let's, let's start out pretty basic here and, and answer the, the question first off of what is prophecy? What exactly is that? Most of us kind of like we know it when we hear it, but can we wrap our heads around a simple definition for that? Well, yes, it is simply the ability to receive a message from the Holy Spirit and deliver it to others. That's all that it is. It's meant to be given in the immediate. This isn't something that, well, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about this, but I'm going to shove it in my back pocket and sit on this for a while. It's not meant for that. It is meant to be given in the immediate. It may be for a single person. It may be that God has spoken to you and said, go speak this to this person. Or it may be for a single person, but you do not know who that is. And you speak it out. And some it is for somebody within the hearing. It may not be for everybody, but it is for somebody. It may be for a group of people. Or it may be for the entire assembly. The Holy Spirit moves in a lot of different ways when it comes to the prophetic. It comes in many, many forms. We've heard this morning people speaking out words that the Holy Spirit has given them. I have seen it spoken out this way. I have seen it where it has come through writing. In fact, uh, it flows through me, through writing quite often. God will give me some things and I will start writing down. And as I'm writing, more and more is coming. Don't confuse this with the occult practice of automatic writing. This is not. This is the Holy Spirit delivering as I am writing. And I have, I've had a few prophecies that have come through this way. I have seen prophecies given through poetry. In fact, in, in this uh, assembly, I've seen that happen uh, several times with Jenny Mo, who couldn't be with us this morning, as uh, the Lord has given her a prophecy delivered in a, in a poetic form. So don't box God in on how he delivers a word to you that he is intending you to give to others. It can come in many, many forms. So prophecy is also differs from tongues and interpretation in one major way. It is always given in an understandable human language. That's what distinguishes prophecy, straight up prophecy, from tongues and interpretation. In 1 Corinthians 14, verses 1 through 4, For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people. For their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in the tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. That's another major difference between tongues and interpret, uh, between tongues and prophecy. So, we just covered it. What is the primary purpose of prophecy when given in a church? Anybody pick up on that? We just read through it. Right. It is for the building up, encouragement, and consolation. Verse 3. 1 Corinthians 14.3. That is the reason for prophecy. It's a primary gift by which God, the Holy Spirit, ministers through us to the body. It is a gift not just for you, not for the person Giving the prophetic, not just for that person, but for the body. If God gives you a word to share and you do not share it, what happens? The body misses out. It misses out on a gift that God wants to give the body. A word of encouragement, a word of strengthening, word of educa- or, uh, edification, a uh, word of consolation. God wants to build us up, and this is a primary way in which he does that. We use this gift to minister to each other in the body. That's what it's there for. Okay, so who's this gift for? I mean, who, who, who does the Holy Spirit give this gift to? Anybody want to take a guess? I'm sorry, What? Baptized in the Holy Spirit, yes, we'll, we'll use that as a foundation. Building on that, it, I guess my point is, does this gift only flow through a particular people? I know, and we recognize people in this body, that it flows through on a regular basis, such as Michelle, who shared this morning, Jenny Mo who shares often, Kathy Boyer, who we have seen it flow through, and, and others in the body. But what does the scripture say about that? Does the scripture say, I am going to give the gift of prophecy to a few people, and you are going to be blessed by those people? No, 1 Corinthians 14.1. Pursue love, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So there is the Holy Spirit speaking to us saying, desire to prophesy drop down to uh, 1431 for you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged this gift is the only gift that i can find in the in the scriptures that are actually described in these terms that it's for everybody i don't see the word of wisdom working through everybody i don't see teaching Working through everybody, I don't see them described that way either. But I do see this one described that way. I don't want to put God in a box and say He can't do what He wants to do. But this is the only gift that I can find in the scriptures that say it's open for everybody. So if you don't consider yourself as moving in the in the profe- or able to prophesy, I'm going to ask you to reconsider that. Okay. let's move on. We're going let's jump into tongues and interpretation and we'll start talking about some of the differences between the two. So what is tongues? I'm just going to confess right now, I hate that word. (laughs) I really do. I know it's in the scriptures, but it just it strikes me like, but let's let's just jump forward and say, what is tongues? Who wants to who wants to give a definition of it? Jocelyn. It is a language, yes. Nancy? It's the mind of the spirit. That's characteristic of it. But what what is it? Jocelyn, you, you've got part of it. It is the gift of being able to speak in a language unknown to the speaker. That is what one of the major things that distinguishes that from prophecy, from just normal prophecy as we just talked about. It is the gift to be able to speak in the language unknown to the speaker. And we see this happening several times in scriptures. 1 Corinthians 12.10 speaks about, to another is given various kinds of tongues. Now, this is one of those areas that is similar to what I shared on last week that I've I've kind of skipped over through the years and not really paid uh, that much attention to a particular word in this verse, and that is various. What are various kinds of tongues? Does that mean each one gets their own little prayer language? Well, it could be, but... Because I don't know what I'm saying when I'm speaking in tongues. And I don't know what you're saying when you're speaking in tongues. I don't know if your language is different than mine. I can't tell. So what is God talking about here? Well, there's no A, B, C, this, this, and this that you're going to find in the scriptures. But you can glean it from the scriptures as you see how tongues was practiced in various ways. You know, there is so much in the scriptures that we get only by gleaning everybody know what I mean when I when I say that word gleaning from scriptures it's kind of like going in and picking out the nuggets and most of the time I have not recognized those nuggets it has taken me a while but in I've determined through some research and reading I've narrowed it down that there's three basic and distinct types of tongues that I've been able to identify. You can probably may be able to identify some more. And I read some other people that broke these classifications down even further, but I I don't get mired in too much of that. So, but there are the area that we're talking about this morning, tongues and interpretations. That's tongues that are given followed by an interpretation meant to be given publicly. Then there are personal prayer tongues that uh, many of us here have received. And those are not meant to be given publicly. Those are meant for a different usage. And we're not going to cover that today, but it's not the same thing as tongues used in tongues and interpretation. And then there's tongues in a human language. This is one that we don't talk about a lot, but has actually happened in scriptures. In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit first fell... The first time people were speaking in tongues, it is described as, who are these people? who are, And these were people from other countries that were there. Who are these people that are speaking in our language? And we are able to understand them. Now, these people in speaking had no idea what they were saying. But, they, but the people hearing them knew exactly what they were saying because they were speaking in their human language. So there is three distinct, different types, of, various types of tongues. So don't wrap all of these uh, tongues in their practice and try to tie them up into a single pretty bow, because you can't do that. It comes out in various ways. I would also like to, uh, let's move on here. Tongues in, spoken out in the assembly, is meant to be followed by an interpretation. Okay, But also notice in the scripture where we first started out that tongues and interpretation are listed as two separate gifts. They can, be, they can flow through the same person. And we're going to look at some scripture here that says that's actually a primary way it should happen or is meant to happen. But it doesn't have to happen that way. It can flow through different people. You can also have one person who speaks out in tongues and three people give different or or differently stand up and give interpretations because they each got a piece of it. They didn't get all of it. They got a piece of it. So first Corinthians. 14, verse five. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues. But even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues. Anybody know what the next words are? Unless someone interprets. So that the church may be built up. Paul is stating here that speaking in tongues in the church without an interpretation is nowhere near as valuable if someone who just prophesies, who simply prophesies without the tongue. Verse 6, Now, brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? If even lifeless instruments such as the flute or the harp do not give distinct notes, how will anyone know what is being played? And if the bugle gives an indistinct sound, who will get ready for battle? So with yourselves. If with your tongue you utter speech that is not intelligible, how will anyone know what is said? For you will be speaking into the air, which is Paul's way of saying you've accomplished nothing. Absolutely nothing. There are doubtless... Many different languages in the world, and none is without meaning. But if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker a foreigner to me. Paul is, is setting the stage here. The speaker, who, who does the interpretation? Who has the responsibility to do the interpretation Primary. 1 Corinthians 14.13 Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that that person will be the one to interpret. But if you speak out in tongues, Paul says here, you have a responsibility to pray for the interpretation. And pray that you may interpret. Quite often we hear tongues given out uh, and it's followed by somebody else interpreting. But the speaker, according to Paul, has the primary responsibility to pray for the interpretation and receive it and speak it out. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about how Prophecy, tongues, and interpretation actually play out in the church. How does it? How's it supposed to actually happen in practice? Now, I have to say, I, I struggled with even trying to uh, approach this verse um, because, to be honest with you, it's a hot-button issue. And uh, but. In 1 Corinthians, in in chapter 14, where the entire context of uh, the, the chapter is prophecy, tongues, interpretation, and the interplay, in the very middle of this, Paul makes what appears to be some sort of detour. And verse 33, As in all the churches... The women should keep silent in the churches. For they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission, as the law says. Is there any, if there is anything that they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. Now, I thought about wearing a suit of armor when I <laughs> when I brought this this verse up. But I... I'm just going to go out there and add, I'm going to speak from myself right now and not necessarily the Holy Spirit. And you can judge this the way that you want to. But I believe that this is one of the most misunderstood, misinterpreted verses in the scriptures. Okay, in the middle of talking about prophecy, do we really think that Paul is saying that women are not allowed to prophesy and pray in church? No. In fact, he would be completely contradicting himself from uh, just a couple of chapters earlier where he talks about women making sure that their heads are covered when they do prophesy and pray. Well, that's another hot-button scripture. And I thought, man, I'm just going for the pot to the fire here. <laughs> you know, but it did not take a lot of research to find out what is the deal with the head coverings. I mean... We can look around us and see that we, we, we don't practice this. We don't practice head coverings in this church. Some churches do. I've, I've, I've seen it. and I, I've seen people who wear head coverings coming here, and, and I believe they should have the freedom to do so if they believe that's what God's telling them to do. But what's the deal with it? Well, it's a cultural deal. In the days of the Corinthian church, head coverings were a sign of marriage and submission to the headship of the husband in the household. That's all they were. There's no command for us to wear head coverings today, but there is a command for us to follow the intent of that scripture. Now, I might still get stoned on this one, but... (laughs) But that's what I believe is going on here. I believe that the gift of prophecy, women uh, are able to pray and prophesy, as we've seen this morning. You know, we have seen it in practice this morning. So um, I do not believe that women should be uh, held back from this or any gift at all. So, I survived that, so let's go on. Okay. Back to uh 14:26 through 28. What then, brothers? When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Let there only be two or at most three, and each in turn. And let someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in the church. Speak to himself and God. Now, it helps to also have a little bit of background uh, on this scripture and why Paul thought it necessary to to even address this. The Corinthian church, well, they were they were pretty chaotic, they, they they were kind of a mess, you know. When you read through there, they had all sorts of uh, moral problems. Uh, they had all sorts of other issues. Their their meetings were chaotic. People would uh, uh, the scriptures. If they had another thing that you know, there's what their meetings must have been like. They they would stand up and and speak out in tongues, speak out in tongues uh, all over the other person speaking in tongues. Nobody cared anything much about interpretations. You know, they would. Uh, so their their meetings were rather chaotic. There was also a series of letters that went back and forth between Paul and the Corinthians, of which we only have two. But he alludes to those letters in them. And in most of these, he's answering questions that the Corinthians had sent him. And so in this here, he's telling them, get a little more order in your service. Has anybody here been in a rather chaotic, charismatic meeting? I have, you know, and it's kind of like there's not much of... Value going on here. In fact, we all, we all look kind of crazy. You know? And so, Paul is saying here there's order to be had in the church. If you feel like the Lord has given you a tongue, you should give it. But you should also do what? Be ready. Pray for the interpretation. Pray that you may interpret. But also pray that others may interpret. Speaking out in tongues is a sign of the Holy Spirit working among us. So is the interpretation. The two have to come together. Speak out if God gives you a prophecy. What do you do with it? Well, this is me, but my first inclination is to say, God, who's this for? Is this for Jack? You know? Is this for Tommy? Is this, is this for Bobby? Is it for a group? Who am I, supposed, am I supposed to give this out right now? He'll let you know. That's absolutely correct. In practice, what I have found is that if God gives me a word while I'm standing here in this building, in this meeting, it's for this group. I mean, I'm not saying that God is always going to work that way through you. But that's how God works through me and if he gives it, he has given me words for individual people before and i and he's told me this is for that person speak this to that person and i have gone and spoken that and i can't always judge on the effect of, that it has on that person i've had people come to me and speak a word to me that i witnessed immediately was god but I think I had a rather stone-faced reaction, and I couldn't tell how I was receiving it. And I was more like a little bit stunned, you know, that God was speaking exactly what my need was through these people who had no idea what my need was. So, I promise we're going to come to an end on this. 14 verses 29 or 30. Let two or three prophets speak. Let the others weigh what is said. Now, why do we need to weigh what is said? Why are we not just saying, thank you, God. Thank you for that word. Why does Paul say, let the others weigh what is said? People want to give a guess. That is exactly right. These prophecies are delivered through an imperfect vessel. We hear and we want to give it out, but we may not be hearing the Holy Spirit exactly. And this is especially true when we're first starting to step out and walk in the gift. So prophecies need to be Weighed, judged, whatever kind of word you want to say there. And that's generally done by people with enough maturity and knowledge to say, eh, that's not quite the Holy Spirit. And offer some gentle correction, mentoring, helping people move forward in their gift, not shutting it down. Now, uh, the days of, uh, of stoning false prophets are, are kind of over. Um, this is not the same thing. If you make an error, you are not a false prophet. If you speak out something and it's not exactly right, you're trying to follow the Holy Spirit. You're trying to be obedient and you have asked for bread and God is not giving you a stone. Okay? You are just in need of some mentoring to help that gift come along in you. Verse 31 for you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged. One by one. Don't speak over each other. If somebody is giving a word, if somebody is up here, if, if myself, Josh, or anybody is up here teaching, I can tell you right now, I don't believe the Holy Spirit's going to make you stand up and give a tongue. Okay? Let everything be done decently and in order. There is a time and place. Don't let over exuberance overrule that. In the spirit, verses thirty-two and thirty-three, and the spirits of prophets are subject to prophets. What does that mean? It's really probably much simpler than it's much simpler than I had thought about before. It it simply means that that prophetic gifting, that prophetic word coming through you is subject to you speaking it or not. Your spirit is subject to you in this regard. You can choose not to speak it. I've I've had that happen. I, I, I have had words given to me And I have not spoken them. Um, And I'll, I'll, I'll give you the honest reason. And this is the reason that I believe most people do not speak words that were given to them. Fear. It was fear. It was fear of being wrong. Fear of stepping out and saying something that another person would just receive as being so whacked out that, you know, it couldn't possibly be God. You know. That fear needs to be overcome in each one of us, in me. I still have it. Last week I I shared a word, but I can tell you for ten minutes I sat in my seat (laughs) back there saying, should I give this? Is this God or not? Should I give this or not? You know, and it was finally like, okay, I'm going to go give this. And if it's not God, then I'm hoping that somebody corrects me. You know, so...
1: Um,
0: you're in control. The Holy Spirit will not force you to speak. Nothing will overtake your body. And all of a sudden you find yourself standing up, giving some sort of word, and you had absolutely no control over it. That will not happen. So, finally, verses 39 and 40. To summarize all of it, it says, so, my brothers, earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. But all things should be done decently and in order. That last thing, again, refers is Paul referring to the rather chaotic meetings that they would have and saying, hey, tone it down a little, you know, let's, uh, let's get things straightened out here. Um, I have asked some people, uh, I've asked Jenny Moe, and I've asked Michelle, and I'm, Kathy, I'm going to add you to this list, spring it on you, um, to come up and share just for two, three minutes. And I'm asking you because of I know the prophetic gift you allow to move through you. And I would like you to share your experiences on using that gift, allowing that gift to mature in you and how you know when God is speaking to you or how you come to that place. Now, Jenny Mo is not here today, um, but she is one of those people who I know that the Holy Spirit speaks prophetically through writing. And she wrote down her testimony. And I've asked Carolyn uh, to share Jenny's testimony. But I'm I'm just going to ask Michelle or Kathy if one of you would come first and and share. I know I gave Michelle more notice than you, Kathy. (laughs) And I'm also going to open this up for anybody else who feels like they have something to add to this. But I am going to ask you to limit your sharing to just a couple, three minutes, you know, don't. Um uh, don't go beyond that. Well,
2: so.
3: yeah. It's
2: a- <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> uh I did ask the Lord what he wanted me to say. I got saved when I was 19. The first word I had was, I'll never forget it, was a clock. And the Lord said to me, I'm coming soon. And so I said that. Um, and I thought, oh, okay. Um, and I started having words right away. I, I didn't have a lot of knowledge. I would go to our pastor. And at one point he said to me, Michelle, not everybody talks. Not everybody hears the Lord like you do. I was like, oh, Okay. Anyway, um, I for words for me personally come through worship. I worship. I the Lord speaks to me. I would say 90 percent, 99 percent. That's how it happens. Um, personally, this is the last place I want to be. I I'm quiet. I uh, do not. I do not like being the center of attention. Um, but. I have learned um, to obey the Lord. I I want to obey the Lord. That's more important than my flesh. Um, And I would say you have to judge your motives. Um, I have... I just know now from so many years, I could be wrong. I have worn head coverings. I have, when I've not had a husband, gone to leadership with my words. I have um, gone to my husband when I had one. Um, my heart is to be obedient to the Lord. Um, you are responsible when you speak out to people and say that it's the lord speaking through you that is a a, a serious responsibility and i don't take it lightly and um anyway so that that's basically it
0: thank you
3: It's an act of faith when you hear something that probably isn't something you would think or say or were even considering. Sometimes it pops into my head, sometimes it sort of floats, I mean, and really, Usually when I get up here, I'm not, I don't know what I'm going to say. I may have a sense of topic or flow, but it just sort of unfolds. I don't know what else to say. But during worship or prayer or Bible study, It's it's something that comes to my mind that I know isn't me. It doesn't sound like me. And I just trust that it's the Lord. And if it's not, people won't even hear it or, you know. So, anyway, thank you. You're welcome. That was under two or three minutes.
4: I'm taller. I have had a word from the Lord come in the still of the night often. Usually, I'm just sound asleep. It could be two, three in the morning. And I wake up and I have words that can be put down in poetry and in song. And if I am obedient to get out of bed, I can have written an entire three stanzas with chorus in 15 minutes and be back in bed. That's not me. I was no English major. (laughs) I never liked reading poetry. And yet that's the form that God would bless me with. Some things rhymed, other things didn't. Some things came with the music, other things didn't. It was just strictly poetry. I never thought that it was, even though the message was definitely something precious that I hadn't even put to words before or seen before, that it was definitely a God thing and... uh, I was oftentimes obedient and would do this. And one time, woken up at 2 in the morning, and the chorus, the entire chorus just came, and it was easy. It was one that rhymed, and I thought, you know what, I don't have to get up because this is so easy. I'll remember it in the morning, and it was gone. It was gone. Not only that, it was gone for decades because I was not obedient so the one thing I would share with you is if you hear God speaking to you be obedient Um, so far most of what I've heard from him has been in this form or in the still of the night I'm woken up but there have been times where I've I've been in the assembly and um, I, I felt so intensely that I was to share something and I'm not one to readily come before people um and so I would sort of have this battle within me about getting up and speaking and there was such a fire from within literally feeling heat in my body it's like I think God's trying to tell me I've got to get out of my comfort zone and go share and so when that's happened like that that's sort of the presence that I feel is, it's almost like this heat and so that's um, one I've shared in front of a group that's it
0: no
5: It's my roadie.
6: <laughs> <laughs> so
5: I, I felt like I was supposed to give this. I can't remember which Sunday, but it. I didn't. And I know when I'm supposed to share when my heart's beating. And the main so hard that I know I have to. Um, how to say this? I'll share this little story, and I might have shared this years ago. I don't know. It would have been years ago. So this one was really weird. Stuff like this happens to me when I travel, and it's out there stuff sometimes, and I try to be obedient because here's the bottom line. I've come to I am more fearful of not obeying God and the consequences of that than of what people think. That's where I've come to. Okay, so I'm at the Asheboro, the North Carolina State Zoo in Asheboro with one of my daughters and some grandkids. And we're doing the zoo thing and looking around. And there was a young man. I don't know how old. He could have been from 17 to 20 in that range. African-American, beautiful, very strikingly beautiful guy. And he had a lady with him. And I don't know if it was his sister, his aunt. I, I didn't know. And I had this really strong message, and it, it was a weird one. And I was afraid, and so I didn't approach him or say anything. I mean, this is weird. We're at a zoo, and I don't know this person from Adam. And Anyway, so and it's, if you've ever been there, it's huge. The place is huge, and you walk around a lot. So then we saw him again. I didn't go up to him because I was too afraid. Then we saw him again. And I think that happened one more time. Finally, I got my nerve up, and I did approach him. And, I mean, this was scary. And my the first thing I said to him was, do you believe in God? And he said, yes. I said, well, this is really kind of weird. I'll admit it, but I believe I have a message for you from God. And I told him, I said, you are a very uh, handsome person And I think it's possible that some people are going to approach you and offer uh, whatever, modeling. I didn't know. I had no idea, but things. I said, be very, very careful because not everyone has good intentions. And I feel like I'm supposed to warn you just to be extra cautious and careful in this realm or whatever, the end kind of a thing. And, um, and then of course I saw more on a tram and I'm with it, it was humbling and I'll never know this side of heaven what happened with that. but again, my bottom line was I was more fearful of disobeying. It's happened in our daughter's church. I've had words for they have a co-pastor situation. I didn't this man was going through a divorce and almost every time I was there, the Lord gave me a word. And so I wait till after church and approach him. He didn't know me. He knew who my daughters were, so that was good, but he didn't know me. And anyway, so it does happen to me when I travel, and I hope that I can obey the Lord. So if, if it happens to you, just go for
0: it. What? Thank you. Carolyn? Oh, go ahead, Bob.
7: It doesn't happen very often that the Lord would give me a word for somebody, but usually when he does, I'm obedient. I was sitting behind a fellow This has many years ago, probably close to 30 years ago, and the Lord said to me, tell him I'll give him a new set of lungs. I thought about that for a minute, and I'm thinking, I hope he asked for it. So I said to him, I said the Lord just told me that He give you a new set of lungs, and this guy got excited. He said, I've been praying for that. So sometimes, when you give a word, it's, it's, it'll, it'll give the confirmation of something that they've been praying for, or something that they, they will, only they will know what it's about. Um, I was one time in a home group talking to a fellow across the room from me, and about halfway through my conversation. It wasn't me talking anymore. Because I'm listening to it. And I'm saying, I didn't say this. I don't even know this. And I was telling what the Lord was saying. But, but I mean, it wasn't forced on me. I just just went follow followed on through. And uh, it, it is strange how God works through people like, especially like me. Uh, very, very timid in my youth. Uh, backward. Didn't want to be in front of people. Didn't want to speak to people. About anything. But then the Lord changed that too. When I got saved.
0: Hey Bob.
1: I'll do my best to uh, (laughs) be Jenny. Um, It's kind of hard reading somebody else's thing. So I'll try to emphasize where I think she would do this. This is basically her testimony and how God... um, encourages her to share when she feels she says from the moment I was saved at age nine I distinctly heard the Lord speak to me not only about others or the world around me but of himself it felt so natural at the age of 22 I first prophesied in a church setting generally speaking the Lord gives me only several words to start with and as I step out in faith He continues to speak, and I receive more from him and share. I believe any person with a gift from the Lord should be under the covering of the pastor and the elders for protecting, encouragement, and a possible correction if needed. I believe it's so important to know by the Holy Spirit several things. Is the word for me, someone else, or for the church? Um... The word should always line up with the word of God and the nature of Jesus Christ. Finally, to surmise for myself, the most wonderful thing for me is to lay my head on the bosom of my Lord and hear his heartbeat and receive his word. Yet the most difficult thing for me is to lay my head on his chest um, and hear his heartbeat and receive his word, knowing who I am. And the, um, depravity of my heart and fleshly nature, um, okay, I didn't, okay, so she feels humble when she receives this word, knowing the fragility of her own human self, um, praise be to the Lord, his gifts are free based on his unmerited grace and mercy for his body. It is by his blood. It is never for the one to boast.
0: Amen. Now it's time for me to uh, step out in a little bit of faith here, and with uh, something that I have been struggling with for about a day now, and I I shared it with my wife, and she told me to do it, and I was still like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um. And I will, will say this, this is not my idea, or I didn't receive it directly from the Holy Spirit. Um, but in my research for this, um, uh, this came through a teaching from Derek Prince. Um, for those of you who may not know who Derek Prince is, he was a, a pillar of the uh, uh, charismatic and early Jesus people. Uh, movement in the uh, 70s through the 80s, and really up until he passed away. And I I don't really know what year that was. Anybody else know what year he passed away? Pardon? 2003. His teachings are as relevant today as they have ever been. Um, But let's have a little fun with this. Let's do a little experiment. Um, how many people here, after hearing this teaching, believe that God would like to speak through you, either through prophecy or tongues and interpretation? Raise your hands. Okay. I believe that you all can prophesy. I believe that you all can um, well, I shouldn't say it that way, because I know that some of you actually uh, don't speak in tongues or whatever, and I'm not going to try to interfere with that. Not, um, that's going to be between you and God. So, But I believe that we can all prophesy and that many of us, if not all of us, can receive tongues followed by interpretations. And I believe that the main reason we do not step out is like what I said, is our fear. Our fear of our of being wrong, which is another way of expressing our fear of man. You know, and it requires faith, just like this is requiring faith for me to step out. Because I don't quite carry the cachet of of Derek Prince. And so I told Carolyn, I said, I don't think I can pull this off. (laughs) You know, but then the Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning sitting right over there, and said, you don't have to pull a thing off. <laughs> he just said, you need to let, the, it's the Holy Spirit's job to pull it off, and it's not mine, but it's my job to present the opportunity. That's what I'm doing here this morning. So let's do a little experiment. And this isn't going to take more than, than a couple of minutes here. But I believe that, and I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, that we are to take time right now, each of us. Go into your little prayer closet, your little prayer time, right where you sit, and pray. Pray, if you speak in tongues, pray that God would give you a tongue and an interpretation. If you don't, then pray that God would give you a prophecy. I'm not going to ask you to speak any of it out. In fact, if you speak in tongues, speak out loud but quietly. Don't disturb your neighbor. Because they're trying to concentrate on that. Everybody here is going to be concentrating on hearing the Holy Spirit. And so, I believe God is going to honor this. I believe He is going to Maybe you won't get something today, but I believe that several people will. And I'm not going to ask—I'm not going to ask anybody to stand up and give, tell me what God gave them. I will give people an opportunity if they want to; they can share. But I will not put anybody on the spot. So let's just take a couple of minutes here, a couple of minutes of silence right now. We don't want to pray in tongues for for a long time because. That's a heck of a lot to interpret. So we're going to keep it short. So let's just go before the Lord and pray. stay in prayer. But if you believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, giving you a word in any way, whether it be tongues and interpretation or prophecy, just raise your hand. As you remain in prayer does anybody who raised their hand want to share they'll come up to the mic
6: Satan is a liar he cannot take the gift away from you. he does not understand. Speaking in tongues, and that is in the Word of God. He cannot take the gift away from you. Ask for the gift, ask anything in His name, and He will give it to you. Put away your pride. Submit yourself. Be humble. And listen. Listen with your heart. Listen with your heart. God is not a liar. He says, ask anything in my name and you shall receive it. Humble yourself. Put all things down. Lay yourself at his feet. And you shall receive. And put away fear. Perfect love. Cast this out. All fear. But humble yourself. And don't be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. We're all your brothers and sisters here. We are the body of Christ. We are the body. So who's there to be afraid of? Who's there to be ashamed of? Let yourself go. Let tradition go. Again, let the Holy Spirit minister to you. He will show you and tell you what to say. Put away all pride. Put away all pride. Ask, and you shall receive. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you.
8: A few weeks ago, uh, the Lord spoke to me during the week, and and told me that uh, Kathy was my sister in the Lord and, uh, and that she was going to uh, give, give a word. She was going to stand up and speak. So in the service we were going, and the Lord gave me a tongue, and I shared that. And, and I, was, I had my eyes closed, and I was worshiping God. And I heard a voice and I looked and it was Kathy and she was standing here giving a word. And and so what she gave was some of what the Lord spoke to me through the tongue and and but I had been seeing words out here. I was seeing them in the air as we were worshiping and praising the Lord and doing the music and everything. And I was seeing these words out here. And um and so, right after Kathy did, Brother Dave spoke uh, words that were that were in sync with the words and and the spirit that I'd been feeling for that week. And he spoke words. And then, right after he did, Sarah spoke up and she spoke the words that I'd been seeing. She spoke them all. And God gave me a vision of that. Um, in the, in the few days beforehand through the night, and uh, I shared that with a few people. And, uh, and, this, and last night, well, I don't know if it's exactly last night because I was in the Spirit, and I don't remember if it was yesterday or the day before, but uh, I was seeing some things. And, and I knew it, that John was supposed to speak sometime or another, but honestly, I, I didn't even think of it being today. I don't know why. I just it didn't wasn't in my mind, and uh, and the Lord spoke to me, and He showed me that we were going to be uh, uh, working and moving in the gifts of prophecy, and that uh, there was going to be the uh, the teaching, the instruction to step out and to search for Him and and look for him and and in prophecy in this service and he said here's here's what i want you to say this is you've been instructed to see god and to feel him and to hear him and and to to receive from him and and he says that that is good and that is easy for you to do here but don't Limit yourself to this meeting. He says, can you not see that the fields are white and harvest? And that I am out there. I am there with you. While you're walking through the fields, I am there with you. And I will give you the words to speak. Now, as you have heard, and as different ones have come up here, You have heard prophetic... Now, those were the words God gave me just in the last, I don't know, 24, 48 hours. I'm not exactly sure when that that came, but that came clear. And and you have seen that prophetic words uh, have come here in encouragements, teachings, uh, exhorting you. And words to comfort you, to know that you can do this. And and the Lord gave me a little vision right right before you started there. And I have these dog stories, but you've heard you've heard these uh, things here uh, being spoken that God has spoken to you and to others when you were out there, and it was about or for. Somebody, as you were walking along and doing this thing or whatever, and God gave you some words for them. And, and so those, those have been encouragements this morning. So that's what God's saying, that you don't need those encouragements for here so much, because here it, it should be expected this is fellowship with him. Now, when that came to me, now, I've got a dog story. <clears throat> I've raised dogs, bird dogs, mostly, uh, most of my life, been with them. I don't have a bird dog now. But I've got this dog that I've never had one like it before, and it's a, it, 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 it don't matter what it is. But anyway, <clears throat> it's just not my type of dog. But anyway, and I didn't raise it. I didn't raise it. But one day I was sitting out on the hillside, looking over my chicken lot, and I was there to keep the predators out of the chickens. So I had a weapon. And I'm sitting there, and I'm backed up under this little bush, and this dog that's loose came running over, and it scooted up beside me, sat down, and leaned its head over on me. I didn't raise this dog. I've, I've done things with dogs before, taught them how to do things. But this dog did that. And I'm, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, wow. So I leaned over and I kind of rubbed him like that. And he just leaned right over on me and just cuddled right up to me, you know. And I'm thinking, wow. And I said, God said, God said, that's the way I want you to lean on me. He says, I want you to scoop right up beside me. Lean your head on there. God was speaking to me that this takes faith to step out and to prophesy but it's made easier when there is a fellowship when your spirit is made alive god breathes into you the those dead bones are breathed into the breath of god and you speak with your spirit Out of a newborn life spirit that has been birthed by the Father. You were dead. I was dead. But God birthed me. He breathed into me. And when my spirit fellowships with Him, He speaks to me. Can these bones live? Oh Father, you know. What a what a fellowship. What a communion between your spirit and his spirit. You know. Then decree, declare. Decree, declare. So as we rest in Him, as Michelle was talking about the need for rest, as we rest in Him, we will go out there and do greater works, not out of our strength or out of our efforts, but as we rest in Him. As you rest in In him, your words will become declarations. You will proclaim breath and life and muscle and sinew into those things out here that are dead. It's the valley is full of dead. Can they live? And they live. Prophet, God desires you to prophesy. He gives you
6: words to prophesy.